time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. So glad you're here. We're here to learn how to thrive, how to move things through things better. And let's just say there's one thing that I think is very clear to me about thriving. It's not based on nothing bad happening in life. It's based on how you deal with the tough times in life. I don't think that we are designed or that life or the world is designed for us to go through life without struggles. In fact, I think it's the struggling that gives us the strength to move through life in more effective ways. We always grow because we're pushing against something. If I want to get stronger, what do I do? I go to the gym and challenge my muscles by picking up something heavy, by forcing them to take on more. So if I get stronger, if my muscles are stronger and then I'm out somewhere and I need more strength, I have it. And so that's the process of learning to thrive, is learning how to build those thriving muscles. So I want to tell you a little bit of a story, and this has uh, passed now, so I'm, I'm at a better place. But about 13 years ago, um, I got sick. 13, 14, 15 years ago, I got sick. Sick to the point that the doctors weren't sure how I would come through it. And they told my wife that I was going to be disabled, and the end result would be death from this. And so I, I started out just with this mild little virus. It was no big deal. Um, I had been working on a project, a video project, and like most people, I don't really love being on camera. And so I was on camera for hours and hours, like 20 hours in a day, one day, and I think 18 the next. And we were trying to finish up the project. I was exhausted. And I caught a little virus, but it didn't go away. My wife kept trying to get me to go to the doctor, but I do what I normally stubbornly do and refuse to go to the doctor, but I kept getting sicker and sicker and feeling worse and worse. And so I finally went to the doctor who confirmed exactly what I had believed, that I just had some virus that was not going away. And so he sent me home with a little medication for the pain and, and my joints that were hurting, and I tried to make do, but things kept getting worse. And so my wife would say, you need to go back to the doctor. And I would say, I've already been to the doctor. And she would say, you need to go back to the doctor. And finally, I relented and went back to the doctor who said, yeah, I still think it's a virus. I think you'll get over it. I don't know why it's taken so long, but you'll be fine. After we went through this one more time, I was sitting on the doctor's table. My head slumped. I was in so much pain, so exhausted. And I went without any medication just because I wanted to see how bad it was. So as I sat at the table, he came in and kept looking at me and saying, I just I don't understand it. I think it's a virus. I don't see anything else. A lot of your lab results are normal. I don't see anything to be concerned about. Don't know what it is. And then I said, well, let me show you this. And I, I pulled up my pants and showed him that I had to put braces, ankle braces on my feet to get my feet. They were so swollen to get him into my shoes. He thought that was kind of odd, but what I showed him was that those braces had rubbed red spots onto my legs, and he said, those aren't red spots from the braces. And so they did a few more tests and did a chest x-ray, and I was like, my chest is the only part of me that feels okay. And then a little while later, I noticed that there was another doctor who was conferring with him looking at my chest x-rays, and I noticed that both of them came into the office, and I noticed that I was getting poked and prodded by a second doctor. 
and they decided that I had uh, this other issue, another syndrome. And so once they decided that, the next step to confirm that was to send me off for more tests. But after they got the results of that, they called our home. And it's always a bad sign. There are several bad signs along there. One is when they start testing things that aren't bothering you. The second is when another doctor comes in the room and finds you to be quite a curiosity. Then it gets worse when the doctor calls you at home using their first name, much less when they leave you their cell phone number for you to call. So my wife called back and he confirmed that I had what they thought I had and that uh, I was headed for disability. So they sent me to some specialists to see just how bad the damage was. That pretty much shook up my uh, fairly young, in my 30s, mind. I was doing my best to get our family where we need to be. I was doing my best to move forward in the world, and it was turned upside down. I'd been in grad school before that. I was, at that point, uh, doing a lot of of, uh, coaching and therapy and doing projects online, and my days were exhausted, and I was pushing as hard as I could to get ahead. And we were making progress. I liked the order of our world. I liked how I had integrated a lot into my life, but I clearly was not doing it well. Because suddenly I found myself in the midst of disorder, of disintegration, not integration. And I was falling apart. At that moment, I had to figure out what to do next. So by the time I made it to the specialist, one of the specialists confirmed that I actually was going to get better. I'd been very fortunate. While I had a very severe case, because it was so severe, it was burning itself out before the full damage was done. Now, that was... I remember the moment when I knew something had shifted because he came into the office, looked at me, looked at my charts, looked at me and said, I bet you're feeling a little bit better. I said, well, I'm feeling a little bit better. He said, well, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is there is nothing I can do for you that will help. That's pretty bad news when you're feeling pretty miserable. He said, the good news is you're going to get better on your own. And anything I would do to help would slow down the process. So we need to let this burn through your body and get you back. Suddenly, my world that had been flipped upside down was half flipped back. Now, it did take me about a year before I was feeling completely better, about six months later before I was feeling decent, but I was on the road to recovery. And as I recovered, I didn't go back to where I was. I didn't go back to the prior order. I came to a new order, a reorder. What I've realized is that's the exact process that you and I go through on a regular basis in small ways and in big ways that get us into the growth place. Order, disorder, reorder, integration, disintegration, reintegration. Different words, same process. Sometimes we are at a place that we kind of get used to it and suddenly something flips it upside down. It can feel like everything is over. And then we find a new order. So think about how that happens or has happened in your life. It happens in everybody's life. A child's born. That little child, the world, the order of the world is everybody is going to take care of me. And then they decide that they want to move around a little bit. So then suddenly it's disordered because they got to figure out how to get these limbs to move them. 
And then it gets reordered. There they go crawling around. Not a big deal. A little growth point. And then they can't both crawl and hold something in their hand. That worked. Everything was working until they realized they wanted to hold something in their hand and keep on moving. That didn't work. So now there's disorder and frustration as you see them struggling to get past there. Then they start walking and it reorders. We go through that when, you know, you're headed towards school. So your whole ordered world of however life was before school, and then suddenly it's disordered when they throw you into school and you have to figure out how to go to classes and how to be with classmates and how to deal with teachers and all the assignments, and then you reorder life and get used to it and step into something new. That happens sometimes in ways that we want it to. We get to face new things and take new things on and grow into them, and sometimes it's thrust upon us. You go to the office day after day. Maybe you don't love it, but it's worked. You know the order of things. You know what to expect. You know how the day is going to go. You know what you need to do. The order is there. You go home. You kind of go through the same motions, and you'll notice that we often do that. We, we do it just kind of as our habit, and that's our order. And then suddenly one day you walk in and see that your job is going to end. It's over. Everything you've known in that job is now gone. You're in disorder. What are you going to do? How are you going to react? What are you going to find your new way in the world? And so you, you then find your way somehow. You find a new job. You go get some additional training. Uh, you change what you're doing. You take early retirement. You do something. And eventually that becomes the norm again and you're reordered. Now, here's the important thing about that process. When you reorder, it becomes the order. When you reintegrate, it becomes the integration. So we integrate, it disintegrates, and we integrate, reintegrate. We find a new way of being. That's the process that happens over and over in our lives. And we don't like it. But it's easier when you understand that that's what's going on. Some time ago, I got a letter from somebody who was trying to work on their relationship. And he said, my wife keeps telling me I've changed. Please tell her that I haven't changed. And I wrote back and I said, I hope you've changed. You need to change. We can't stay where we've been. Where we were worked at that time. But you need something new with where you are. We have to face the disorder, the disintegration, to get to the next level. Back in school, I studied a good bit about paradigm theory. It's one of those pieces that really helped me make sense of what goes on around us. Paradigm theory says that we don't ever do gradual growth towards something. We more do leaps in growth. We take stair steps in growth. Thomas Kuhn is the person who brought about paradigm theory into our understandings. He looked at science. What he said is that science creates a paradigm, an understanding of things. And as that paradigm goes forward, it works until it no longer works. And when it no longer works, something new has to come from it. And there's a leap in understanding. So we have an understanding, a paradigm, an understanding of the world, and we go along following that even as evidence is mounting up all around us that this isn't working. But we're so used to that paradigm that we kind of pretend that whatever's going on is just an anomaly, just an accident, just 
happened, we don't notice that the evidence is building that our way of understanding things no longer works. And suddenly we hit, hit the edge of it. It no longer does what we need it to do. And we're faced with having to take a big leap. Thomas Kuhn's famous example is when we realize that we're not going around the sun, that the sun, that we are going around the sun, that the sun's not going around us, but we're going around the sun. So the Copernican revolution, as it's been called, is when we realized that we, planet Earth, was not the center of the universe. So we went from believing that Earth was the center of the universe with the sun going around us, and it looked like it. I mean, if you get up in the morning and you watch it through the day, the sun starts on one side and goes all the way to the other side. So in one person's writing, they said, you know, what do you think the world looked like right before they realized that we go around the sun? And the author said exactly the same way it did the next day. You get up, the sun goes over, but the understanding of what's behind it changes instantly that we're the ones who are rotating and going around the sun. It made everything make more sense. All of the understandings of watching the planets and the stars, when you're trying to make everything move across us, it wasn't quite fitting anymore. The more capable we got of understanding that, the less it made sense. And finally, it collapses. And finally, it's irrefutable that we are going around the sun. So the next revolution is understanding that the sun is not the center of the universe, that the sun is just another part of the stars and another star that we're in, in a bigger and bigger universe. And all of those are shifts in paradigms. The same thing is what happens in our daily life. We have a way of understanding things. And something along the way gets in the way of it. Along the way, suddenly something doesn't make sense. It's true whether you're talking about religious views or political views or relational views or whatever it is, your viewpoint, it's going to shift. It needs to shift. If it's not, you're holding back the shifts because there's no way that either you or I see things completely clearly. There are places that we would like to and we may pretend to, but we also know there are things pushing against it. Other people with different views, other understandings that are around us. As we begin to watch those places, we can begin to see that there are weaknesses in how I view everything around me and how you view everything around you. But we keep holding on to it because we like the order. And we hold on tightly. And the more tightly we hold, the bigger the jolt is when we get to the disorder. So if you think about paradigm as being a step. If you go across that step, it's just, it's fairly flat and your paradigm, your understanding, and suddenly you hit the place where that viewpoint fails. Now, what some people do is they try to go back to the beginning of that step and try it again and see if they can get, you know, a different outlook. But sometimes we get to the place where we say, okay, this didn't work. And we find a new paradigm to step into. Now, that's the point where we cross over from the order to the disorder. The disorder is that step up. The disintegration is the step up. And then we reintegrate to something new, some new understanding. In life, that can happen with a loss, with a struggle, with a difficulty, with a challenge. 
all of those things can bring us to the place where we have to rethink what it means to be where we are. What we miss in that is the potential for growth in that moment. We miss the fact that that challenge is bringing us to a new place. So if we step into the new paradigm, we come to a new order. Which, by the way, only lasts until the next disorder. The new order becomes the order, which brings us to a new place of disorder. So I've been doing jujitsu for about a year and a half. And one of the things that I'm learning is no matter how much I wanted to do one move, sometimes I couldn't do it. (laughs) One of the real lessons of jujitsu for me is I've got to deal with what my opponent gives me, not what I want them to give me. So the other night I was rolling along and there was a move that I thought I could get to. It wasn't a complicated move. I just thought I could get to it. And I was holding on tightly, and I suddenly was aware that I was so trying to get to that move, and it was a place that I could not get to, that I was, tr- I was trying to hold on to my old order, my thought process of getting to that place. I finally realized it was not going to happen. It was not possible for that to happen. The person had too good of a move the other way. And so I had to do something. I could have held on. I could have kept struggling to get there. And in the process, I would have baked right through my muscle capacity. If you've ever been in a wrestling match or a jiu-jitsu move, uh, match or a fight or anything else, you know how quickly your energy dissipates when you're that active. So one of the things that I've been practicing in jiu-jitsu is reserving my energy to make sure I could go as long as possible. And so there I was grasping him in a fairly awkward place that jujitsu often puts you as you were kind of both in a pretzel. And I'm trying to get to that move. And I realized that I'm forcing my muscles and I'm trying to, to make it happen. And it wasn't going to happen. I had let my need for the order of the way I thought it would be go beyond what was capable in that moment. And so I had to do something. I had to let go. Holding on, trying to force it wasn't going to work. And when I let go, it allowed me to flow to the next place because when I let go, my opponent had to move too. And in their movement, they gave me a new opportunity. Now, in jiu-jitsu, the idea is that each of you are giving opportunities for the other person to do something else. And so it's kind of an interesting chess process. But think about that in terms of life. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in things going the way we think they ought to go that we can't let them go the way they're going. We try to hold on so tightly that we can't get beyond what we're expecting or what we're wanting to have happen. And then the possibilities begin to move in different ways to exhaust us because we've missed the real possibilities that were there for the possibility that we wanted. So in jujitsu, I had, was holding on too tight. I finally had to, instead of trying so hard, flow to the next possibility. And I really think that that's part of our task in life is to see if we can get better at flowing from the order to the disorder to the next order, from the integration to the disintegration to the reintegration. If we hold on too tightly to the order or the integration, the disintegration, the disorder is going to be much more powerful and much more painful than if we recognize that we're headed towards something new. We may not know what it is, but we know where we're headed. 
I used to like to surf. Never been great. I still would enjoy it, but I don't have much time to do that anymore. And when I would surf, one of the things I realized is that if I tried to surf some certain way and the wave wasn't going that way, I was wiping it out. There's no way I was going to hold on to it. Then sometimes what we have to do is see what life's given us and ride the wave. So what do you do? Well, when you're in the middle of order, breathe. When things are integrated, breathe. Take a break. Enjoy what's going on. Enjoy that spot, knowing that you're going to need that. You're going to need that that place of rest in order to deal with what's coming next. So what happens when the disorder hits? You wait and look. It's going to come to you. That's the interesting thing about this. You don't have to go looking for the disorder or the disintegration. It will come to you. And when it comes, you wait. You let it come. And you look for the places where you can move to something else. And then comes the reorder or the reintegration. And when that comes, you step into it. Knowing that something new is here. It may not be what you thought it would be. You may not be where you thought you would be. But you are somewhere different. And that different will be okay. Because here's the interesting thing about that different place. It soon will be same. It soon will be order. Reorder becomes order. Reintegration becomes your integration. It's the norm now. You're back to that place where you go, okay, this is just the way it is. Just remember that then comes the disorder, the disintegration, and the process keeps circling. It happens all the way through our life right to the end. That's the process. Order, disorder, reorder, breathe, Wait and look and step into and then repeat. Integration, disintegration, reintegration. If this has been helpful, I hope you'll tell your friends about this. Pass it on to them. Let them know about the podcast. If you can, leave us a review in iTunes. That always helps. Or wherever you listen to the podcast, that always helps other people find us. But know that we're here for you as you continue to work to thrive in your life. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best for a thriving life. You've been listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.